And there are some great needs. There's, in Wyoming is a big need. There's over 1,000 international students in Laramie. It's, it's the largest group of international students in the three states. And there are three churches that have come together to work there, but uh, they need some leadership through ISI. So there's that, that's a great need if somebody's uh, thinking about and praying about, if you're, especially if you're from Wyoming, that would be a great uh, opportunity for ministry. Um, the need in Montana right now is at uh, University of Montana because there's uh, almost as many international students as here in, in Bozeman. There's a great need there. And then in Idaho, where I feel the greatest need is, it's in Idaho Falls. There's a few uh, international students in Idaho Falls but there's over 700 international students at BYU in Utah. It's only 30-some miles away, so it's a great base from which to reach out to the international students on the BYU campus. We've been there about three times as staff trying to see how we might get involved there, but it's very difficult. But I think from the base in Idaho Falls, that will work. What I'm supposed to... Uh, start with is telling you a story about uh, some students who came to know the Lord last year. My wife and I were, have been, were very interested in Iran, and we had two, the first part of the school year, there was a husband and wife from Iran, and we spent hours and hours with that couple. And you may have, some of you may know Amir, who was here uh, last year, he did take a class with uh, Pastor um, Brian on, in, in the uh, da- book of Daniel last year. Uh, he and his wife are now in Mississippi, and I, they are doing well. And uh, we continue to pray for them, but we had no idea God was preparing us for what he was bringing this year. And uh, we called Amir and said, that, well, there's, three, there's five Persian students here this year, and three of them are named Amir, and Amir's response was, God took one Amir away and gave you three more to reach out to. So that's what we've been trying to do. Uh, we do, and this is not for, uh, we don't want to publish, publish this widely, but we are able to have a Bible study with some of those men this year. Uh, uh, from their Muslim background, it's been interesting to do that. All right, I think uh, that's all I'm going to take time for. I'm trying to keep within my, my uh, schedule time. Yeah, we gave him five minutes. <laughs> of the three of us, he's the one who likes to talk the most. Me, I'm Swedish, so we don't like to say a whole lot of anything. Uh, those of you who don't know me, my name is Dave Sodergren, and I am currently the uh, city director of, uh, no, the campus director of ISI in Bozeman which is a position that fell to me in uh, end of May. Now, that's not something I was anticipating doing when I started doing this 15 years ago. But uh, God knows what he's doing, even if I'm not so sure. So anyhow, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about uh, what ISI is. And our, mis- our vision is to see every student befriended, led to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and discipled for his service. And... Uh, we have some great volunteers to do that. Ever, anybody here uh, volunteering with ISI? Okay. 
You can talk to those three, Rachel, Kyle, and Joel. I got you two correct this time. And uh, Joel appreciates that. And uh, they can tell you some stories about uh, from their end of the uh, ministry. And our mission is we exist to share Christ's love with the international students and to equip them for effective service in cooperation with the local church and with others. And our goal is to befriend an international student, uh, lead them to a faith in Christ, and, uh, and then train them to go back home and do ministry in their own countries. Now, if, if Jim or Seth or I or Joel or Kyle or Rachel go overseas, the first year or so we're going to spend a lot of time just learning the language and learning how to survive in the culture. But if we send an international student back home, they already know all of that, and they can uh, continue minister or begin ministering immediately. Uh, ISI is a rather uh, small organization. We have somewhere between two and 300 staff. I wasn't able to find an exact figure on that. Uh, we're on over 500 campuses, and there are about... Well, let me ask you, how many international students do you think are in the United States? Somebody raise a hand. 500,000? Any other guesses? 100,000 more? Okay. Do I hear 200,000? It sounds like an auction. One more guess. Lots. Oh, I love that guess. Uh, there's about 800,000 in the United States right now. And uh, they are from all over the world. The top sending countries are India, China, South Korea, and Saudi Arabia. Now, there's an economic impact to it, that too, which is really beneficial for our nation. Uh, it is said that the international students will spend about $24 billion this next year. And uh, so it helps the economy. But we're looking for something deeper than that. We want to help them spiritually. Uh, there are about 600 international students at Montana State, and they're from 75 different nations. And I think the largest one, I was at uh, Saudi National Day a couple weeks ago, uh, enjoying the, uh, the uh, Saudi Arabian students, and they said there are 120 Saudi students at Montana State University. And Saudi, of course, you know, is, is the home of Mecca and Medina, where Islam started. So if we can reach them with the gospel and they can take that home and uh, influence their families, we could change that whole culture and maybe even change Islam. By the way, when we talk about Islam here, uh, don't run around and tell all your friends. We want to keep that a little under wraps because it uh, gets rather dicey sometimes. And uh, I have some Muslim friends right now I'm reaching out to, and, which means I'm spending hours uh, talking and drinking coffee. Which is, you know, anybody here like coffee? Uh, good. We got a lot of people who could minister to Saudis. And so that's within my five minutes. And uh, Seth, we got the video queued up. Okay. We're going to show you a video right now.
ISI. ISI. ISI, International Students Incorporated. Befriending, loving, and sharing Jesus Christ with international students. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? Did you know you don't have to go far to make disciples of all nations? One of the most strategic ways to influence a nation is to reach its leaders. History is repeating itself. Just like Acts 2, God is bringing the nations to us. Every year, 700,000 international students and scholars come to study in the U.S. International students will become world leaders in business, science, government, and in education. today's 131 global leaders who study in the U.S. as international students include 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 many countries that need the gospel that need Jesus are closed traditional missionary efforts. You can reach the nations right now while you're still in college by reaching out to international students on your campus. Did you know developing an intentional friendship, making a friend, could change a life and a nation? International Students Incorporated can equip you to share Jesus Christ with international students. September 11, 2001. Some of the terrorists studied in the U.S. What if we had been able to reach them? How would this world be different? ISI. Befriending, loving, and sharing Jesus Christ with international students. Invest your life. Make a difference. Change the world. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Your lab partner from China might turn out to be a future top government official in China. A roommate from France could rewrite their laws or their entire constitution. Your friend from South Africa may turn out to be their next prime minister or even the secretary general of the UN. Who knows the impact you'll have on one family, a city, a nation, the world for Christ because of your influence on one international student on your campus. Could changing the world be as easy as making a friend? Maybe you were born for such a time as this. You're going to advance something in your life. Why not the Great Commission through international students? ISI has opportunities for you. Befriend an international student. Mobilize your campus for international student ministry. Explore an internship to gain experience in cross-cultural ministry. Make a friend, share the gospel, change the world through international students. ISI, why wait? Talk to an ISI representative today and begin reaching the world one international student at a time.
I'm a little under the weather and a little bit harder to breathe today. Um, I love that video. It's probably one of the best promotional videos I've seen of ISI. Um, I'm Seth Bevins, and uh, I've been with ISI about seven years. My wife, Brittany, um, has been with ISI about four or five years, but she's been working with internationals about, well, since she was seven, since her parents went to Poland <clears throat> as missionaries when she was seven years old. And then our daughter, Mariah, she's been working with students since she was about, uh, well, about two years now. <laughs> and uh, she's great. She's got a knack for it. Um, anyway, um, let's see. I have about ten minutes. Real quick, um, Brittany and I both went to NBC. Um, great school. Hope you're all enjoying your experience here. I think it's first or second Timothy says, uh, consider your teachers worthy of double honor. So hope you do uh, consider your teachers worthy of double honor because they are. You're at a great school. Soak it up. Soak it up. Brittany and I both went here and um, we both attend Grace and we both attended Grace for about five years before we even really talked. Um, we didn't really even associate until Brittany started to volunteer with ISI. Um, and then we kind of you know, mingled a little bit and then realized our lives were going in the same direction. So, yep, um, and it's been great. Uh, so, um, the, I just, I'm just going to talk about a few things uh, real quick and then open it up for some questions. Um, <clears throat> the strategicness of ISI, uh, we're not in any way opposed to traditional methods. Uh, we fully support traditional methods um, in missionary endeavors. Uh, because obviously not everyone can come to the U.S. They don't come to the U.S. And so people need to go to those countries with the gospel. But as Dave uh, touched on earlier, is the students here will be going back, most likely. Most of them do go back to their countries. And they, they, uh, they're going to be familiar and they're going to be influential in their circles that they return to. Um, but one of the biggest obstacles to missionary uh, efforts is language. And... Um, Traditional missionaries uh, have several years of just learning the indigenous language or whatever. Whereas the students coming here already know English or they're well on their way to learning English. And uh, it's, it's just a huge barrier to overcome. Um, as uh, working with international students, uh, we either have the opportunity to help them practice English or learn um, uh, slogans and jargon and slang stuff like that um, that they're not familiar with, but their communication skills are already on par with um, regular conversation. So it's easy to, to share the gospel, unless, of course, they're just learning English at one of the uh, language institutes. Um, so that's a huge barrier to overcome that we, we don't really have to deal with. Um, another thing that's strategic about it is that uh, the students that come over here are outside of their normal cultural comfort zones. Um, as they are studying here, you know, they don't have their families kind of um, protecting them from outer influence. They don't have their, their governments um, like in some of the Middle Eastern countries. Uh, they have this, these barriers that they cannot explore other worldviews without uh, fear of persecution or ostracization or anything like that. So while they're here, they're very open and able to explore other worldviews. And, and they're, they're wanting to, a lot of times, to, to see what else is out there besides what they've been taught their entire lives. And often, as you know, um, in American students' experience, when you go to college, you start to explore ideas. 
and think like, well, what have you been taught your whole life? Is it true? Is it right? And so they are in a vulnerable position, as most college students are usually, but they're especially vulnerable and open to exploring new ideas. And um, we are able to, uh, to approach them with uh, the gospel and Christianity um, in, a, in an easier way, I guess, than trying to break down the barriers in their culture, which they often feel safe in um, if you ever go to a different country. Um, for those of you who have gone on short-term mission trips, you might have that experience where you can't really break into their little, their little niche, their little culture, and break down those walls. Well, when they come over here, those walls are already kind of um, weakened just by virtue of being here. Um, and then, um, sorry, I'm a little fuzzy. Um, see, language barrier, the um, cultural comfort zone. Oh, yeah. Then when they're here, um, they, they need help. Uh, you know, they don't know the culture. They don't know the, the town, the city. They don't know the monetary system, maybe. They don't know... Uh, is there public transportation? Is there not public transportation? Where do you go for groceries? Stuff like that. In Montana, um, where do you find warm winter clothing? What's warm winter clothing? Some of them, <laughs> some of them come from subtropic uh, countries. You know, uh, maybe they're from India, and they don't. They've they've never seen snow. They don't. So they don't know. Like, is this hoodie enough for like a negative 15 degrees? week or sometimes in February when it gets down to like negative 30 degrees, you know, they don't know. So um, do they, where do they find furniture? They have apartments or they, where do they find a used car? What's the best place to go to get uh, whatever they might need? When students come here, there's uh, just a multitude of needs that, that are um, obvious opportunities for us to come alongside and to help them. And when we do, when we see that need and when we do help them, it allows uh, the love of Christ to be shown to these students who we don't know, they don't know us, but when we come alongside them and we say, hey, we are here to help, no strings attached, no payment necessary, what do you need? Then they're just like, well, what? Like, who are you? Why would you do this? Why are you helping me? So then it opens up the door to say, well, our God loves all people, and he says to be kind to the foreigners in your land, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, here's why we, do, why we do what we do is because we're sharing the love of Christ. Now, that being said, our tactic, our methodology is friendship evangelism. Um, and like I said, no strings attached, right? We don't just say, okay, well, I'm going to help you, but then you have to go to church with me. Uh, no, that's just not how it works. We develop intentional friendships, no strings attached, and no bait and switch. We love these people unconditionally. We help them unconditionally, regardless of whether or not they want to come to church with us, or regardless if they want to do Bible study or not, if they're receptive to hearing the gospel or not, because our intentional friendships and in friendship evangelism is uh, we will be your friend even if you don't convert to Christianity. If we have uh, this agenda of, well, I'm only going to hang out with you and be your friend if you listen to my beliefs and come to church with me and, and whatever, then they're going to know that we have this agenda, and that is to convert them. And that's not really what the gospel is about. The gospel is not about um, finding converts to Christianity. It's about reuniting people with the one and true God. 
And so when we have friends that say, well, you know, I, I don't really believe even my own beliefs. Like, I'm raised Hindu, but I'm not Hindu. I don't care. I think it's the dumbest thing in the world. Well, okay. We still have to love that person, and we still have to serve them. And they ask us sometimes, like, if I never become a Christian, will you still, still be my friend? And we have to say, yeah, we will. And we have to mean it. We have to, to think that, well, this person might not be receptive, but maybe someday they will. And, um, of course, there's those times that Jim talked about where that Iranian couple, they came to the U.S. and they wanted to leave Islam. They were seeking something else, and they knew that we were Christians, and they asked us about Christianity from the get-go, before we barely even knew them. They were asking us, um, what does Christianity believe? Can you be friends with people who aren't Christians and stuff like that? So there are situations where you can just uh, right up front be talking about uh, spiritual things. Um, but a lot of times, the friendship evangelism, it takes time to build a relationship of trust to where they know you're not just pushing your agenda, to where they know that they can trust you as a friend, a friend that cares about them, a friend that will help them and not just try to shove the gospel down their throat. Um, we, don't, uh, we don't say, hey, why don't you come to our house and hang out and then be like, all right, well, now we're going to do a Bible study or we're going to watch the Jesus film. Well, you know, yeah, we said we were going to watch a movie, but I meant we're just going to watch the Jesus film. It's like, no, you know, why don't you just watch a movie, whatever kind of movie. A lot of students like to practice their English with, uh, with movies and uh, learn cultural nuances and stuff like that. Or, you know, find a, a movie that's, um, that they like, like a Bollywood singing and dancing that's like two hours long and it's just a bunch of Indians running around being love-struck. And uh, <laughs> really, it's, you know, and then that's what they, that's what they relate to. And then so try to, try to relate to them. Um, so with the, with the friendship evangelism, uh, we, we also don't just be friends and then never talk about spiritual things. We do have to make it known that we are Christians, that we do believe in one true God, that we do believe that Christ is God, and that he died and rose again for our sins. But we have to be tactful about it. Um, we just, you know, tact is something that can be learned, and it, well, it should be learned, um, and we just have to be sensitive that, uh, you know, we, we know that we know the truth, but they don't think that. They might not care. They might not, you know, think that there's any truth at all, and um, we just have to live it in front of them and embody Christ to them and, and let the Holy Spirit do his work. Um, I know that there was a Chinese guy that we worked with for probably four years, and then he left Bozeman. And as far as I know, he's not a believer yet, but um, God's still working in his heart. You know, we don't know what's going to happen. And the video, um, you know, it, it talks about reaching world leaders, and that's very true. Um, some of these students are going to be leaders uh, in whatever field they study. And if God wants to do that, um, to, to save a person here and send them back to their country, and change a country, um, that's awesome. But Christ said that the angels in heaven rejoice over just one person that repents. So we're trying to reach just one person at a time. Um, if, if, there's any, if there's not anything else that you guys want to add, we, can't, we have just like three minutes for questions, if there's any questions. Yeah, our local ministry, we're on 800 campuses across the country, but our local ministry, we meet every first and third Friday 
at the Bowman House, which is a converted uh, old frat house into like a, well, I don't know, kind of an activity center. It's right across from the Museum of the Rockies on Greek Way. First and third Fridays at 6 o'clock, that's where we meet um, for our, our dinners and stuff like that. Um, you can catch us uh, anytime. We're available. We, have, we all have boxes downstairs uh, near the map. So if you want to commu communicate with one or all of us, um, we have, uh, we're, we're very, very flexible in our availability. And um, we have a few other activities that we try to plan throughout the semester. Um, like uh, going to the Museum of the Rockies and sometimes to the hot springs. Students like to swim or learn how to swim. What are we doing, what are we doing this Saturday? Seth? This Saturday we're taking some students winter clothing shopping. We, we already had one, one trip. and uh, <laughs> But some people missed the trip. Like we had a, a trip to Yellowstone planned. We had 30 people signed up. 15 people didn't show up kind of threw us off a little bit, but you have to be flexible because uh, you know, all internationals, um, they think differently about time or different events. They might say they're coming and they come an hour late or two hours late or they might not come at all. So flexibility is a, is a pretty, big, pretty big necessity for us as a staff member. We have like not really, we have time for like one question. Maybe two, if it's really fast. No questions? Well, if you do have questions, uh, we'll be around. Um, was there a question? Uh, display table. Oh, yeah, you can browse our display table. Um, yeah. But uh, I know you have a few internationals here. So warm up to them. Be nice to them. They're already believers, but, you know. <laughs> Are you a believer? <laughs> All right. Um, sir. Would you mind uh, closing us out in prayer? Yeah, sure.